Hello and welcome to this GCP short produced in partnership with the state of Vermont and all about the imminent handing over of the baton as Deputy Commissioner for Captive Insurance in the domicile from captive legend David Provost to Sandy Bigglestone, a professional already incredibly well known and respected in Burlington, Montpellier and far, far beyond. I'll be recording an extended exit interview with Dave in person at the VCIA conference in August, but over the next 15 minutes or so, Sandy, Dave and I will be focusing on the topic of succession planning, the direction of captive insurance and Sandy's own priorities when she takes over the reins at the end of the summer. Well, mixed feelings, as you might imagine, totally psyched about the next stage of life. You know, I've been with the department for 21 years and been in captives since 1989, a little bit before that, even with clientele. So wow. it's it's going to be a shock to the system, I'm, I'm sure. But I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, doing some things that have been on my bucket list for a long time. But I do hope to stay in touch with captives and do some some work. I think I've said it already. I'm, I'm not going to go into full-time regulator turned consultant or anything along that line, but I'll, I'm going to be happy to do some work and stay involved in some ways so that uh, you know, I can give back a little bit. Well, I'm certainly delighted to hear that, Dave, and I'm sure the wider CAT community will be, will be pleased to hear that news that you, you may well be sticking around in some capacity uh, in the future. And just to make you maybe feel even older on the verge of this retirement, Dave, I was just two years old when you joined the department uh, in uh, <laughs> in Vermont, um, which I think will also surprise a few people as well. We're going we're gonna to talk about succession planning more broadly and kind of the culture within the department in, in a second. But uh, Sandy, uh, along with uh, Dave's news of, of stepping down, it's been announced that you'll be uh, stepping up uh, into to fill his shoes. Um, how excited are you about taking on the role as of Deputy Commissioner? I'm very pleased to be stepping into this next role in my regulatory career. It's It's very exciting. Throughout most of my years working at the Vermont DFR, I never had a goal to aim for the top spot. But what I found is that the work I participated in to directly support and aid the leadership, the more I was preparing myself for this. Now it just feels natural. I think what most excites me at the moment are the messages of support and congratulations sentiments I'm receiving. I've gotten messages from people inside and outside of the industry, all pointing to really the immense amount of faith and confidence in my appointment and my ability to lead. There are a number of people I grew up with in the industry and others too who recognize the amount of hard work I've put in over the years. So it feels really good to receive the validation. Yeah, and again, also uh, very well deserved. Um, and then we look forward to you taking on the role. And obviously, you and Dave know each other extremely well. Uh, from what I can tell, it seems like you've always got on pretty well, uh, at least as well. Sandy, without wanting to uh, to embarrass Dave too much, what have you learned from him about running the department and about going about the day to day job of being the deputy commissioner for for captive in Vermont? Yeah, thank you. A lot of the messages I'm getting are. Uh, telling me how much of a great team Dave and I have been. And I too know that. So there will be a hole left when he leaves. And so I'm hoping to fill that as best I can. What I've learned from Dave is what good leadership looks like and, and how it behaves. So again, you know, I've, I've got big shoes to fill. I'm ready for it. Um, I think a 
big part of what I've learned about uh, running the department and, and leading the role is it takes a good amount of work to get to a no, to deny something that is proposed to us. It's not easy. <laughs> so again, you know, I, I'm ready for that challenge. I think I know what it takes to know what our standards are and not compromise those standards. Also, conducting pre-application meetings um, is a valuable process, and I don't plan to ever give that up. That's time well spent to understand the motivation for creating a captive in the first place. I've also learned that even flexibility can be flexible. In other words, we might choose to be more flexible when a captive is participating in solving problems, but we'll always consider whether we're compromising our standards. Yeah, and I think a lot of what you've touched upon there Sandy gets really to the heart of why I believe that Vermont has developed this reputation over the years of, of being kind of a go-to domicile within the US, particularly because while you are willing to kind of work towards hopefully a yes or not kind of always looking at reasons to say no, uh, those standards haven't been compromised. And, and I think we generally look to Vermont to always be on the right side of whatever line there is. Dave, to flip this round then, wh why do you think Sandy will make a good fit as your successor. I, I don't know how involved you were in that process, but tell me a bit about what, why you think Sandy is the right person. Well, she obviously has the foresight and good judgment to hire me in the first place, as she did <laughs> 21 years ago. Um, exactly what Sandy just said. We, we've been working together side by side. Um, we have the same kind of approach and vision for most of the captives. And when we don't, we were able to talk it out. And that's something we, we've always done. You know, Sandy's a great communicator. She's been with us on the road, talking about captives, talking to captive owners and, and prospective captive owners. And she's also been a leader in the department all along. She's been uh, examiner in charge, uh, chief examiner, assistant to the deputy. It's It was just really a, a natural succession for her to be there. And, and it really, everybody knows her. Everybody appreciates being around Sandy. She's fun to be around, but also all business at the same time. So it's it was just a perfect choice. So Sandy, our listeners should already know you well from from being visible in the market and also appearing on uh, numerous Global Captive podcast episodes in the past. And it's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, Dave's touched on it a bit there and he mentioned that you hired him. Can you tell us a bit more about your own background and journey through the department to this point? So, so before my captive regulatory career, I had experience working as an accountant at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, in the Artificial Intelligence and Computer Laboratory. That was really interesting. But then I moved to Vermont in 1993 and worked for a short time as an accountant at a medical center before I entered public accounting to be an auditor and a tax preparer at a local firm. So those qualifications working um, primarily at the medical center and at a local CPA firm, those qualifications got me to the department's captive division in 1997 as an examiner. And at the time, the industry had grown significantly in Vermont over the course of 16 years. We had 385 licensed captives at that time, and we were undergoing internal changes from implementing NAIC accreditation standards. There are emerging risks and new types of captives to manage. So growth picked up in the years following the start of my regulatory career, and the division was adding staff annually and regularly. I advanced to more senior roles in the examination function. Then in 2004, I was appointed chief examiner and hired a lot of people that are still with us today, including Dave. 
And in 2008, I was appointed director of examinations until I moved into my role of the division's director in 2010 to serve as the principal staff member to Dave as deputy. Dave, I think uh, something we've talked a little bit on the podcast with people at, at Seeker before with uh, and, and the industry more broadly, I think with Zurich as well, is is kind of succession planning. And um, we've seen quite a lot of uh, changes actually, in, in particularly in the US uh, captive market recently, uh, people retiring, other regulatory uh, departments having new leaders. How much has succession planning been on, on your mind, uh, whether it's in the last couple of years or, or, or much longer term? And, and more broadly, how important do you see it for or any kind of organization, whether a corporate or, or a government agency, uh, how important it is for them to be kind of actually conscious of and, and putting together some kind of succession planning? Well, it's, it's been on my mind from day one because what Sandy did not tell you is that while she was at MIT, uh, she worked on a project that cloned me. Um, and so that's it was uh, built, in, built into my DNA. That, Dave, that's uh, top secret. I know. <laughs> so so I, it was always there. It was it was part of the DNA is that you, you must find a successor when, when you're ready. You know, frankly, it, it started just about from the first day that I got the job. With, with Dan Toll, it helped me a lot with, with dealing with the press. And he told me, he let me know that, you know, the industry was nervous at first with who is this guy? Um, and uh, is he going to be good for captives? And there were a lot of people that did not know me. There were a lot of people locally that, that knew me, but uh, in the broader captive industry, uh, I was still more or less a stranger. So that was important to me not to have that nervousness when, when my time came. And so it, it really did work well. It was something I thought about a lot fairly early on, uh, even without any you know specific planning. It was something that I I knew had to be done. And then part of the the deal with working as a deputy, you're appointed by the governor. Uh, you do not have necessarily a long term commitment in some of these jobs. You you can be replaced. You can be asked to to take other jobs within government. The the governor typically taps lots of deputies to become commissioners. And so at times I did check with people in the department, Sandy in particular, with you know if if I move on, if if I get tapped to be commissioner or uh, to some other department or when I retire, are you interested in the, in this job? And she was, and so that part was, at least I was I was comfortable that there were people in the department that were interested in the job. And I also wanted to make sure that I left the job before they left. You know, the, if you hang on too long, the people that you, you thought might succeed you might find other opportunities. So that, that was always in the back of mind as well, my mind as well. So I think it's important for any business that, that you have that smooth transition, whether it is specifically planned for or more casually planned for, but, you know, identify people in the organization that have the potential to succeed and work with them to make sure that they, you know, you try to pass on some of the things you learn as you go along because you can't do it all in a month when, when you finally have that opportunity. So Sandy and I, like, like I said, we've been working together side by side for 20 plus years, the past eight, well, except for the past two there's been just one wall between us and we'll throw things against the wall to get each other's attention. It's, it's, <laughs> we have shared a lot of the, the trials and tribulations uh, and successes in the department. So that's, it's been somewhat informal, but we, we've, we've shared a, a common goal and, and common knowledge throughout the past 10 years at least. 
Great. So um, let's look ahead a bit to the future then, and we'll come back to a little bit more succession planning topic with Sandy at the end as well. But Sandy, we've, we've been through a, a pretty turbulent uh, three years, both inside the insurance market and of course, wider challenges in society and, and the economy more largely with, with things like the pandemic. Captives are obviously always evolving. It's been very exciting to see a kind of a whole new generation of captive owners emerge over the last two years, particularly. What changes or innovations are you expecting to see or or looking out for in the coming years? I think we can expect to see growth in the number of captives continue and expansion of existing captive programs. Certainly, market conditions will be the indicator of how organizations are reacting with captive programs. In the coming years, I anticipate programs to expand and contract as part of the captive owner's strategy for risk management needs. In terms of innovations, those I think are yet to be determined. However, my indication is that we will see organizations seeking solutions in coordination with their business partners. For example, retailers or subcontractors that provide services to customers in common. The best indicators will be the needs of organizations, of course, and the solutions that appear as a result of market conditions. I do suspect we will continue to see the evolution of cyber liability in captives. Also, uh, I think we will be looking out for changes impacting captives as technology continues to advance. For instance, programs in coordination with artificial intelligence in the insure tech world. Yeah, certainly that InsureTech point is is one we're looking to talk about a lot more uh, on the Global Captive podcast in in the coming months. So we've actually the next episode lined up. We've got the CEO of InsureWave co-hosting that episode, and I think there's there should be a lot of movement. I think in that area of of captives and and insurance managers at corporates that own captives using more innovative innovative technology to help manage their insurance program or manage their captive or, or feed data into the captive. I think that'd be a really exciting area to look out for and, and also fully agree on the third party risk or kind of affiliated third party risk, seeing more of that going into captives. Dave, anything uh, Sandy's not mentioned there or any other thoughts on, on the future direction of captive insurance and any new challenges perhaps that might be presented to regulators? I, you know, I don't know about new challenges. I, I think that We've always had the challenges of captive insurance is kind of where the the experimentation goes on in, in insurance in the market. So I think that the challenge is for us to continue to explore new business while keeping, you know, the the core principles of captive insurance in mind, which is that it's it's for risk financing and risk management of your own risk and you know certain controlled unaffiliated business uh you know you have to ask the question of of who gets hurt if this goes wrong and do the people that are paying the premium get the benefit of the of the insurance and i i think as long as you stick within those basic principles you can do a lot of exploring around the fringes but still i'll I'll bet you from it's still going to be 80% of the companies are going to be pretty straightforward. Whatever the parent company is, which is always where the, the unique aspect is, it'll be unique parent, but pretty much the same kind of insurance issues are going to be addressed. Work comp, auto, property, GL, that's where insurance has its bread and butter. And I think it'll stay that way, but we can explore lots of new boundaries as long as we keep the, the basic principles of captives in mind. Yeah, and I think that exploration will absolutely continue. Sandy, just last then, going back to the succession planning topic, is is that something that you'll make sure you've got your eye on straight away or already do? What what kind of culture are you looking to create or, or continue with within the department? 
Yeah, great question. Certainly, I think my objectives straight away are simple to actively participate in the success of the global captive insurance industry, role model good captive regulation, and advance Vermont's gold standard status. Another priority, of course, though, will be to grow our staff to ensure we have all the resources we need to manage our work and to find ways to improve upon what we do as regulators. My hope as a leader is to have a staff that feels rewarded for the work that they do and understand how they are critical to the success of our industry in Vermont. I do want to focus on quality control, create a culture of critical thinking, inclusivity, and collaboration. So with respect to succession planning, I think I want to allow others, or I know I want to allow others to have opportunities to stretch their boundaries and grow professionally. I had those opportunities and and, it, and look how it turned out. I think it's great. I also believe that I, in turn, will learn from others who choose to expand their knowledge and stretch those boundaries and get involved with projects outside their normal day-to-day work. So in terms of having that focus and those objectives, I think that it'll allow me to mentor, coach, um, and keep an eye on people who are performing well. And like Dave, I think that I will begin to have conversations about who may be interested in taking on this role and the responsibilities in the future. Fantastic. We look forward to obviously watching that journey closely and and hearing about it as well uh, on the Global Captive podcast over the coming years. Just one last bonus question for both of you. I'm not sure. I haven't checked this yet. Is it um, this year at the conference in Burlington, which I'm very excited to be attending for the first time in three years, is it going to be Dave Provost's Hot Topics or is it Sandy Biggleson's Hot Topics this year? (laughs) It's still Dave Provost's show. (laughs) (laughs) But he, he, there may be some baton handing at the end. So, um, okay, yeah. watch his space. Yes, with, with my cheerleader uniform in hand. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, absolute pleasure to have both of you on to uh, GCP once again. Uh, Sandy, see you in Burlington? Yes, thank you. And I look forward to it. And Dave, I'll see you for a beer in Burlington as well. Yes, you will. Thank you. Well, thank you to David Provost and Sandy Bigglestone from Vermont's Department of Financial Regulation, two uh, incredibly well-respected and valued leaders of the captive insurance industry. As I mentioned at the start, we will be hearing from Dave again in August when we have a longer interview reflecting on the changes and evolution in the captive community he has witnessed during his regulatory career. And we also have a VCIA preview episode coming up in GCP 69, where we will be looking forward to the conference that begins on 8th of August in Burlington. In the meantime, though, stay safe, stay well, and see you next time, captives.